When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as Bitcoin daily RSI hits four-month lows with Bitcoin price still up 70%. Also, I'll be sharing the latest with Adam Back suggesting how MicroStrategy should complete their 1% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. Also, breaking news, Argentine President Javier Malay to allow provinces to circulate their own currencies. And guess what? Malay is heading to the World Economic Forum event happening in Davos. And when asked about it, he shared to plant the ideas of freedom in a forum that is contaminated by the 2030 socialist agenda. Also in today's show, the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, sees an irony in the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. He says this was all about centralization. We'll also be discussing Balaji equating the Bitcoin ETF move to the reversal of FDR's historic goal seizure. We'll also be discussing Fundstrat's Thomas Lee says $150 trillion in the U.S. household wealth can and boost Bitcoin via the new ETFs. Also be breaking down his latest six-figure Bitcoin price target and timeline. Also quitting the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser. The only Bitcoin measure that matters, the only one I track, just hit another all-time high in its 15-year bull market run. The hash-adjusted price of Bitcoin is now approximately $460,000 per coin. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Today is January 16th, 2024, podcast episode number 1524, and I'm your host, JV. Let's get this show popping, shall we? Let's kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. You can see here on Coin360, we just started pumping immediately when I went live. Interesting how that works, isn't it? Anyways, Bitcoin's up 0.3% on the day, trading at roughly 43,300. We also have Ether in the green, just shy of 2,600. XRP, BNB, Solana, all in the green, while Cardano, OP, Uni, and AVAX are pulling back and in the red. And zooming out on the monthly, we got Bitcoin still up 2% on the month, up over 160% for the past year. We got Ether up 15%, BNB 28%, and Solana leading the pack up over 31%. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the crypto market cap is climbing in real time right now at 1.7 trillion with roughly 57 billion in volume for the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance is 49.8% with the Ether dominance at 18.2%. So the Ether dominance bottom out at 14.9% maybe five, six days ago when we covered it live on the show. And since then, it's been outpacing Bitcoin as the Bitcoin dominance has been pulling back. My question for all of you, how many of you are anticipating 60, maybe even a 70% Bitcoin dominance for this bull run? Let me know your thoughts, family. Or how many of you think we'll just maintain at roughly the 50% level? And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, Chili's leading the pack.
Pack up 18%, trading just shy of 11 cents, followed by Clayton up 14%, trading above 22 cents, followed by Blur up almost 11%, trading above 71 cents. Below that, Aster, Woo, Sia Coin, Beam, and Phantom. Now, which altcoins, if any, are you most bullish on for this bull run? Let me know in the comments right down below. And checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective of the overall crypto market. We definitely have more of the alts in the green right now as the market cap continues climbing. Some of the top gainers, Chili's Clay and Wu, Dow, Aster, and Blur. And zooming out on the monthly, we got massive gainers, some up still over 100%, including ENS, SUI, SEI up over 200%, HEX 125%, EHEX 130%, and PLS 135%. And checking out the Crypto Green and Fear Index, yesterday we were back neutral with a 52. Today, right now, we're a 64 back in greed. And last week, we touched the 76 in extreme greed. And last month, a 73 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Where do you feel January is likely to take us? Closing out the month in a couple of weeks. Do you think we'll march on up to 50,000? Let me know your honest thoughts. Do you think we're going to pull back? Do you think we'll continue trading sideways into the having? I'd love to know your insights before we dive into our TA. But anyways, keep pumping the likes to pump the stream. I appreciate it. But let's dive into our Bitcoin TA, aka Astrology for Men. Check out the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. Here's the latest. Bitcoin is rapidly headed for oversold territory despite still trading above 40 Gs, according to the latest data. As noted by analyst Matthew Highland, January 14th, Bitcoin's relative strength index, which we call the RSI, hit its lowest level since September this week. That's right. Bitcoin price performance suffered a 15% drop after the launch of the U.S. spot ETFs and so far has struggled to bounce back. As traders warn of the risk of further downside, the RSI is showing that a reversal may already be near. That's right. Checking out the daily timeframes. The classic momentum oscillator dipped to 42.7 out of 100 January 14th, lower than at any point in the last four months. And this was confirmed by TradingView. And as you can see here in the Bitcoin one day chart with the RSI data, the move was not lost on Highland who up loaded the chart to X, which suggests a hidden bearish divergence playing out with RSI making lower lows while Bitcoin makes higher lows. Quoting uh, the analysts here, Bitcoin daily RSI lower than October lows and at the lowest level since September. The daily RSI is nonetheless not strictly indicative of an imminent return to form for the Bitcoin price strength. Having sunk below the midpoint of 50 out of 100, the metric's next major test could be the barrier to its oversold area at 30 out of 100. Quoting him again, I would like to see the daily RSI go down to oversold for Bitcoin. Now, let me know if you feel it's likely to go down. On the hourly timeframes, the RSI pierced the 30 out of 100 line in the sand twice this week, both times recovering and making higher lows in both processes. Now let's discuss another indicator we commonly cover here in the show, which is the Bollinger Bands. Last week, fellow trader Jelly noted that by contrast, a trip back to overbought levels above 70 can often mark the start of the steepest upside on Bitcoin, quoting the analysts here. When Bitcoin's RSI enters the overbought territory, the real fun happens. Just look at what happened in the past. And as reported December of 2023, the RSI is just one of several key metrics currently on the radar of market participants. And another is the Bollinger Bands, uh, the volatility indicator, the daily chart for which now shows Bitcoin back in volatile mode after a period of constriction. Now, current prices mark a trip to the near bottom of the expanding channel, which has likewise not been truly challenged since mid-September. And here you're looking at the Bitcoin. One day 
day candle chart along with the Bollinger Bands. Now, let me know if you are currently bullish on the King Crypto. And I want to share this as a bonus. Adam Back shared this thread on how MicroStrategy can achieve their goal, short-term goal, of uh, owning 1% of the current Bitcoin circulating supply. If you don't know, they currently control roughly 0.9%, and their long-term goal is to control 5% of the Bitcoin supply, which means to acquire 1 million BTC. And for some comparison, Satoshi's wallets are supposed to have roughly 1.1 million. So that would mean MicroStrategy holding as much Bitcoin as Satoshi, just FYI. But anyways, here's what Adam Back tweeted. Speculation about what uh, MicroStrategy and Sailor and the team could, in my opinion, should do. Borrow $2 billion if they can, then buy back 1 billion of MicroStrategy shares while the discount persists and buy 1 billion worth of Bitcoin to get to 210,000 BTC, which would be 1% of the supply, rationale, and the thread. And let me read you the thread. Here you go. Shout out to uh, Adam Back. Here we go. So what I would do is, uh, if I was them, is borrow $2 billion long-term debt, if they can, and $1 billion share buybacks to take advantage of the temporary discount and buy $1 billion more BTC, which gets them to 210,000 Bitcoin, 1% of the supply. Probably put the share at $800 plus and the Bitcoin share up 25%. The share buybacks are just to send a message. Buying $2 billion of Bitcoin achieves about the same price and Bitcoin share result. You want people to understand if the market lets it drift from Bitcoin's share ranges. They stand ready to buy back and then resume the share selling and Bitcoin buying. So there you have it, family. Let me know when you feel, because I think it's not if, it's when. Uh, MicroStrategy will achieve their short-term goal of owning 1% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. They currently own roughly what is it? Uh, 200,000 Bitcoin. So to get to 1%, they just need like a little bit more. I think they're right on the cusp of doing that right now. And let me know your thoughts on that strategy from Adam Back. And do you feel they will achieve their long-term strategy, MicroStrategy, owning 5% of the Bitcoin circulating supply, which ultimately means hodling roughly 1 million BTC? And by what year do you think that can come true? But anyways, um, <laughs> let's continue with the show. Kind of catch me off guard here, but I appreciate y'all. Pump the likes to pump the stream. We did our, uh, our TA, so now let's dive into Javi Malay and what's the latest here? The headline here reads, Argentine president to allow the provinces to circulate their own currencies. But I actually want to read you this quick little thread from Mario. He wrote, Javier Malay heads to the World Economic Forum and he's asked, what is the purpose of this trip to Davos? As you know, all the elites are heading to Davos right now. And here's what he says in this short little clip, to plant the ideas of freedom in a forum that is contaminated by the 2030 socialist agenda. Do you think Javier Malay is the real deal going up against all of these elites? Or do you think he's just one of them pretending to be someone he is not? I'd love to know your honest thoughts in the comments below. And if you don't know, he is the recent president of Argentine who got elected, who has a pro-Bitcoin stance and anti-establishment. He's the one who had the chainsaw saying, we're going to put an end to their central bank, etc. But anyways, Argentine President Malay promised not to oppose provinces' attempts to launch their own currency after the public exchange between Malay and the governor of the province, Ricardo, on January 14th during an interview with Radio Mitt, uh, Malay confirmed he would not legally oppose the creation of local currencies by provincial authorities in Argentina. The president believes that the market will ultimately decide on the value of the projects, but he warned that the quasi-currencies will spur up inflation and those accepting them will end up 
scammed, quoting him here. Those who receive payments in quasi-currencies from irresponsible governors will clearly see a loss of their incomes. What it is not taken from them through budgetary adjustment will be taken from them via inflation and the quasi-currency. Now, I wonder if that quasi-currency is referring to as the U.S. dollar. What do you guys think? Now, Quintella, the governor of La Rioja, intends to create separate currency for the province after Malay devalued the Argentine peso by 50% after taking office December 10th of 2023 to tame the soaring inflation in the country, which is at its highest levels in 32 years. The new president also cuts the funds allocated from the federal budget to provinces. Now, calling such measures the abandonment by the nation and citing the necessity of paying salaries to policemen, they requested the legislator to prepare the legal base for minting the local currency. Now, in December of 2023, the governor of Buenos Aires province, Axel, also publicly contemplated the issue of local currency. Meanwhile, in Rosario, Argentina's third most populated city, a local landlord and tenant sealed an agreement for rent to be paid in Bitcoin, which we covered in great detail in yesterday's podcast, family. The contract is the first of its kind in Argentina, made possible by the recent law amendments by the new presidential administration. So there you have it, family. Let me know your thoughts regarding Javier Malay. Do you think he is one to be trusted, or do you think He's just another puppet, a.k.a. controlled opposition. Let me know your honest thoughts. Boom. There you go. But yeah, let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss the latest Gary Gensler FUD, everyone's favorite chairman of the SEC. Here, here we go. Here's the latest. The chairman of the U.S. SEC, Mr. No Hair Gare or No Claire Gare, whatever you call him, discussed the irony of the spot Bitcoin ETFs in an interview with CNBC. The C uh, securities regulator approved the 11, as we know, quoting him here. There is an irony in the midst of that. Satoshi Nokomoto uh, said this was going to be a decentralized system, Gensler said, noting that the approval of the spot ETFs has led to centralization. Hmm. Now, he also shared, think about the irony of those who say this week is historic. This was about centralization and traditional means of finance. He added, investors could already express themselves in Bitcoin. You could already, before this week, buy it through major brokerage houses, but now you can buy it through this thing called an ETF, exchange-traded product, as well. Centralized, he noted. There's a lot of centralization here. Jesus. Now, the securities regulator approved the 11 spot Bitcoin ETFs last week. And although Gensler was the deciding vote approving the 11 funds, the SEC chairman clarified the approval was not an endorsement of Bitcoin. Interesting. Here's what he clarified, quoting him word for word. Bitcoin itself, we did not approve. We did not endorse. This is a product called an exchange traded product, a way that the investors can invest in that underlying non-security commodity called Bitcoin. Notice he says non-security commodity. Has he said that about any other cryptocurrency? I don't think so, family. But if he has, do let me know. Now, let me actually use my Gary Gensler voice for the next quote from Gary. Investors should be aware that this underlying asset is highly speculative, volatile asset, and amongst its use cases is really for illicit activity, money laundering, sanctions, ransomware, and the like. It is a speculative value, store value, he continued. It is being used as a payment, or is it? being used as a payment anywhere. Are we buying cups of coffee with it? Not really. The only payment mechanism it's being used for and its primary use or sense is illicit act 
activity. So there you have it. The chairman of the SEC continuing to FUD Bitcoin even after giving the stamp of the approval for 11 ETFs in the United States. Can you say hypocrite? Let me know, fam. I appreciate all the insights, fam. Keep the comments coming and let's dive into our next story of the day. Discuss the latest with the Bitcoin ETF, BlackRock, and what is happening over here. In fact, Balaji, the uh, former Coinbase CTO, he equates the Bitcoin ETF move to the reversal of FDR's historic gold seizure. I'm going to be breaking this down. This is very informative. In 1935, under President Roosevelt, the U.S. government orchestrated the substantial gold confiscation. Never forget it. Reinforcing state-centric financial control. And in a recent post, uh, Balaji points out this incident as a landmark in the chronicle of centralized financial dominion. He observes that the endorsement of the spot Bitcoin ETF is a radical divergence from this age-old centralized fiscal regime, paving the way for decentralized digital currencies. Quoting him here, since FDR's seizure of gold, our lives have revolved around the centralization state rather than the decentralized market. The state has had control for so long we have forgotten what freedom is like. Preach. But now gold is slipping out of their hands and back into yours, and history is running in reverse. Now, he also emphasized the role of technological advancements in the shift, unlike the previous century where tech like mass media favored centralization. Today's innovations, personal computers, end-to-end -end encryption, mobile tech, and notably cryptocurrencies champion decentralization. Take that, Mr. Gensler. This technological transformation plays a crucial role in redistributing financial authority from central institutions to individual entities and decentralized systems. Quoting him again, thus top talent isn't being pulled into a government brain trust, he asserts. It is being brain drained out of the U.S. establishment. And as a consequence, the epic legal battles are on balance going our way. Now, he also reflects on the legal conflicts and the changing di dynamics within the institutions, pointing to a steady move towards decentralization. The ratification of the spot Bitcoin ETF, decided by a narrow three to two vote, exemplifies this evolution. It represents a legal recognition of the escalating impact and legitimacy of decentralized finance, signifying a significant shift in the institutional viewpoint towards cryptocurrencies. And at the heart of his argument is the notion of liberty, one of my favorite words, freedom and liberty and sovereignty. He contends that Bitcoin and similar technologies symbolize more than mere financial instruments. They are part of a larger crusade for global freedom. Now, the apprehension of traditional establishments, he notes, stems not just from the challenge of regulating a novel monetary system, but from the fear of losing grip over a worldwide framework that is increasingly eluding their regulatory purview. So there you have it. My crypto fam, let me know if you agree or disagree with Balaji. And we'll go to our next story with that sentiment. Uh, let's discuss $150,000 target from uh, Fundstrat's Thomas Lee and share what he has to say. And then we'll be breaking down the latest hash rate adjusted price of Bitcoin, which should be at 460,000 per coin right now, according to Max Kaiser, along with his latest insights and tweets and all that fun stuff. So here we go. Fundstrat's Tom Lee says 150 trillion in US household wealth can boost Bitcoin via the new ETFs. Now that's a lot of money. Now, BlackRock themselves control 10 trillion in assets under management. Vanguard is probably 8 trillion. And I heard Fidelity is 4.5 trillion. So, with some big bucks coming into Bitcoin. Fundstrat's managing partner, Mr. Lee, believes Bitcoin could benefit immensely from the new market following the introduction of the spot Bitcoin ETFs to the world's largest 
economy. In a new interview on CNBC, Lee says the spot ETFs will make a huge difference in the market cap of the leading digital asset as it enables U.S. households to get exposure to Bitcoin in a convenient and safe process. And according to the Fundstrat executive, just a tiny portion of the U.S. household wealth allocated to Bitcoin will be more than double the value a BTC, as he shares here. Instead of having to go to an exchange and then worry about your private keys, many investors can now use traditional financial markets to access Bitcoin. There's $150 trillion of household net worth just in the United States. That's a lot of money. Now, allocating just 1% of that U.S. household wealth into crypto could be $1.5 trillion worth of inflows. That's already more than Bitcoin's entire network value. That's right. The entire Bitcoin market cap right now is probably roughly $900 billion. So this is like 1.5x. So I think there's tremendous potential, and I think it is really important diversification for a lot of folks that have exposure to U.S. dollar assets and equities or bonds. And, you know, Bitcoin is really a good hedge against a lot of monetary risks. That's right. It's also a hedge against uh, inflation, deflation, confiscation. It's uh, insurance policy. It's a hedge against corrupt government. It's a hedge against virtually all the woes in the world we're worried about with uh, wealth. Because never in human history has there existed a form of money with a finite, limited supply that they can't print or create more of. And the same with gold and precious metals. Every year, they introduce more gold into the overall supply. And they will continue to do that and manipulating the markets, which they're very good at. Now, last week, Lee predicted the Bitcoin could exceed the price of 100,000 per coin and hit as high as 150,000 per Bitcoin before the end of this year. Let me know if you agree with that sentiment. Quoting him here, I think in the next 12 months, something over 100,000, maybe 150,000 per Bitcoin. And in the next five years, there is a finite supply. And now we have a potentially huge increase in demand with the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. So I think in five years, which would take us to the year 2029, something around 500,000 per coin would be potentially achievable. Now, I feel that's an easy target. You know, Kathy Wood is predicting a base case of like, 670,000, but her bull case is anywhere from 1 million to 1.5 million by the year 2030. Let me know your thoughts on that prediction and to watch Thomas Lee's prediction here, check the show notes below the video in the description. But anyways, family, now let's dive into our featured story of the day and let's discuss Bitcoin hitting $460,000 per coin, which is the true hash adjusted price right now, according to the hash rate, which continues to break out, reaching new all-time highs as per the high priest himself, Max Kaiser. So here's the latest tweets in which uh, he shared. And also, I appreciate all the love in the chat. Keep pumping the likes to help pump the stream. And let's uh, moon, shall we? But here we go. Here's the latest from Max. He tweeted here, the only Bitcoin measure that matters, the only one that I track, just hit another new high in its 15-year bull market run. Now, I want to stop there and just discuss this. Now, he says we're in a 15-year bull market run. Why is that? Because if you zoom out on the charts, you can see it's a 15-year bull market run. <laughs> The hash adjusted price for Bitcoin now is approximately $460,000 per coin. This was off the back two days ago, I'm sorry, three days ago, January 13th, when Bitcoin surpassed 532 exahashes per second. Let me correct myself. 532 quintillion 
exahashes per second as per this chart, which is off the charts. Now, this morning, we reached yet another all-time high. So now the hash-adjusted price may even be closer to 480,000, just FYI. But let's check out some other tweets I shared here. 460,000 Bitcoin, let's freaking go. I know Max retweeted it. It was blowing up, got over 25,000 views. And he shares here 22 hours ago, look at the hash, not the price. The hash precedes the price. And look at that chart. Holy moly, it's just doing its thing. I think in 2024, 2025, it'll continue doing what it does best, reaching new all-time highs and becoming more and more secure. And it's already the most secure network in the world family. Now, he also wrote here, this guy, who is actually the CEO of Vanguard, he said this guy delayed Bitcoin hitting 50,000 post ETFs by two weeks, which ultimately means we would have hit 50,000. You know, we stopped short at around 49,000 and corrected. And that's due to a lot of the mainstream FUD, such as Vanguard saying, we don't believe in Bitcoin. It goes against our ethics and ethos, which is ultimately saying we don't believe in freedom and sovereignty and we want no part of it. But guess what? Want to know how shady these mofos are and why you can't trust them? Uh, they own roughly 8.6% of MicroStrategy. So they have indirect exposure to Bitcoin Vanguard. And I know this because the other day, it may have been on yesterday's podcast live, uh, we went through all the primary shareholders of MicroStrategy. And guess who's at the top? Vanguard. You can't make the ish up. BlackRock is number three, just FYI. Now, also, he tweeted here, number one, the government seizes the ETF for national security, ultimately saying, I don't trust these Bitcoin ETFs and the collusion between the regulators and Wall Street. They have some sinister plans and tricks up their sleeve. He also says, number two, before they send you your USD, which is how it works, you'll get the US dollar, if, if not the CBDC equivalent to the Bitcoin while they keep your Bitcoin. Number three, price moves up 100 Gs. Number four, you pay tax on the gain from the payout with what is left. You buy Bitcoin at a price 100,000 higher. Number five, price crashes. Number six, you are now sitting at a net losing position from where you started. Ultimately saying, don't trust these mofos with your Bitcoin, not your keys not your coins. He also says here, you are not protected against government seizure and the US government plans to seize all the Bitcoin ETF Bitcoin in the interest of national security. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that sentiment. I did a whole show specifically on that topic. Now, quoting him here, how he really feels about BlackRock. I transcribed this 42 second interview. I posted it and uh, here's what he says. BlackRock is terrible. They are one of the worst players on Wall Street. Oh, um, yeah. Now, they're completely without morals whatsoever. Their business model is just repackaging stocks and selling them as ETFs. Their ETFs own more stocks than there are stocks, and they charge a fee for that and have incredible political influence they use to make it easier for them to game the system. They are really a plague on capitalism. Tell them, Max. And a really good clip here. I highly recommend you guys check out after the show. It just, again, it just dissects the collusion and corruption going on with the world elites and what they have these tricks up their sleeves. Now, he also wrote here, this was back on December 3rd, so last month, the God Candle, a $100,000 uptick in Bitcoin is in play. It'll shift the global axis of wealth and power in a single tick. And these were the rumors surrounding Qatar, quoting him again, two days later, I have one word for you, 100,000 Bitcoin God Candle fans, Qatar. The rumors are getting very loud on this. Their sovereign wealth fund is rumored to be looking to buy a half a trillion dollars worth a BTC. You can see their president 
uh, or I guess Amir, who is ultimately the prince of their country, meeting up with Bukele over in El Salvador. And he also shared an update to add clarity. My source said, Bitcoin makes our one half trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund effectively worthless. We should just convert all of it into Bitcoin. Now imagine if they actually did that. Holy moly, Bitcoin's market cap would virtually double overnight. However, it's probably impossible to buy that much Bitcoin, but that may be their goal. And what do you think they're likely to start buying or have they already behind the scenes and haven't announced it? What are your thoughts, family? Another headline, Qatar's sovereign wealth fund dives into Bitcoin with potential $500 billion investment. And uh, this was the story, you know, uh, Max talking about the God candle, et cetera. But what I want to dive into now is actually the latest interview from Max Kaiser, which was just released a couple of days ago. Uh, the title from Wired magazine is why crypto ideologues won't touch Bitcoin ETFs and why purists will steer clear. That's right, because we don't trust this stuff. Now, they actually interviewed uh, Max, and I read that interview verbatim, word for word, so I'm just going to read you some of the highlights from this article. On January 10th, after the farcical false start, the US SEC approved the launch of the spot Bitcoin ETF in the country. DTS will be issued by a selection of the big-name financial institutions, which we all know, BlackRock, Fidelity, Franklin Templeton, giving people a way to invest into Bitcoin through a brokerage as if it were a stock. The price of the ETF shares will follow the Bitcoin price. The arrival of the new ETFs have been broadly celebrated by Bitcoin investors who believe they will legitimize the asset in the eyes of wealthy institutional investors and make it easier for the lay people to invest, thereby broadening demand and driving up the price. The inconvenient catch is that the spot ETFs are at odds with practically everything Bitcoin is supposed to stand for. That's right. In the 2008 white paper, Bitcoin synonymous inventor Satoshi outlined a vision for electronic cash that changes hands directly from person to person, peer to peer, under the control of no financial institution. It was two fingers to profit hungry Wall Street. Yet the ETS will be issued by some of the largest financial institutions in the States, nor do investors own or keep any of the actual Bitcoin. Preach. They're buying a representation, an IOU. ETF investors may stand to benefit from the financial upside, but will not attain all the benefits that Satoshi envisioned. That's right. The true ownership of Bitcoin entails direct possession. Keep that in mind. Remove your crypto off the exchanges. Now, there are some instances clearly where, for example, maybe you own 401k and you don't have the opportunity to invest directly into Bitcoin, the underlying asset, and self-custody it. So your only option may be to use an ETF. This would be an example where it may be worthy to purchase the ETF, but you got to understand you don't really own or hold the underlying asset. So in the weeks after the launch, hundreds of millions of dollars are ex expected to flood into the ETFs. I think on the first day or first two days, there was roughly four and a half billion. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, the ETS will have a mosquito effect, says Max Kaiser, who advises the government of El Salvador on the Bitcoin policy, carrying the mind virus of Bitcoin far and wide. The attitude of crypto businesses, particularly those that support the ETS with services, is that an increase in the profile and mainstream acceptance of crypto in whatever form will be beneficial to the long-term health of the industry after the long series of reputational setbacks. Quoting uh, Marshall Beard, ETFs are just a form of distribution, says the Chief 
strategy officer of Gemini, which we know is owned by the Winklevoss twins. And although investing in Bitcoin through an ETF is not functionally identical to storing one's own Bitcoin, he says, the new funds will cater to an underserved demographic for whom ease of access is the priority. It is not necessarily that one model is better than the other. It's just different. I'll reword that. Yes, self-custody is far superior to the other form because you actually own and control the asset, which is unconfiscatable. Self-custody is unconfiscatable. Want to know what's confiscatable? Bitcoin ETFs. They can basically... Biden can pen a letter to Coinbase and say, in the name of national security and protect the integrity of the dollar, we need to seize all the Bitcoin in the name of national security. See the Patriot Act. Anything is possible. So if you trust your government, then it shouldn't be a concern. If you distrust your government and you don't know what they're capable of and you don't want to find out, then self-custody is the clear solution in JV's humble opinion. What do you guys think? A diversification of parties with the stake in the crypto industry need not compromise the objectives of the early adopters, says Brett Tapehall, head investor service at Coinbase, another crypto exchange partnering with the ETF issuers. He says, I believe they will coexist in harmony with one another. And let's not forget, uh, Coinbase is named the custodian for BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, and many of their. So Coinbase is going to be one of the largest hodlers of Bitcoin on the planet thanks to these ETFs. Now, there are potential practical implications of a split in the way people choose to interact with Bitcoin, though. One possible quirk, says Samson Mao, CEO of Bitcoin-centric technology firm, Jan3, could be a divergence in the price of Bitcoin held by financial institutions and the Bitcoin that changes hands peer-to-peer. So there you have it, my crypto fam. Another thing I want to throw out there, I hope there's transparency with these Bitcoin ETFs and that There is some way that we can monitor how much Bitcoin, for example, Coinbase, wherever the custodian is, for the asset manager to make sure they're not selling more than what they're holding. Because we don't want what happens in futures markets and derivatives to happen to Bitcoin. Because in the precious metal markets, uh, Max broke this down one time, having a lot of insights, 40 years as an insider in financial markets. He said, for every ounce of silver being traded, there's 40 ounces worth of fake silver derivatives being traded. This is how they manipulate the markets. This is why companies like J.P. Morgan Chase have been fined billions of dollars for uh, spoofing precious metal markets to suppress the price. Do you think they'll do the same thing with Bitcoin? Let me know your honest thoughts. And do you honestly feel that the powers that be will eventually confiscate all the Bitcoin ETF BTC? Do you think this is the master plan? If so, put a one in the chat. If you think That's just a conspiracy theory. Would never happen. Put a two. I want to know your feedback as we continue to pump. Respect the pump. 43,400, baby. Let's go. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.